today we're going to be reading in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and starting in verse 33. We're going to read one verse, and then we'll stay in Matthew 6 for a little bit. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In Matthew 6, Jesus is talking about the needs that we have in life and our worry about how we will get the things that we need. In verse 25, he says, Do not worry about your life, what you will or what you will drink, what you will eat or what you will drink, or your body or what you will put on. Verse 26, he said, he reminds us of the birds of the air and the flowers of the field and how God provides for each of them and asks the question, are you not of more value than they? And then verse 27, he says, he, he asks, who by worrying can add a cubit to their stature? And that's our natural reaction as humans. We, our natural reaction is to worry. When we don't see how things are going to work out, we don't see how the financials are going to work out, we don't see how our bills are going to get paid, our natural reaction is to worry. But Jesus outlines a few things in these passages that I think will be helpful. The first thing, if you're, a Christian, if you're an educator, you're going to love this, especially if you taught math like pre-algebra, algebra. There's an order of operations. In, what, in mathematics, it's PEMDAS, parentheses, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. It's, there's an order of operations. Well, in 633, it outlines an order of operations for us in our spiritual walk. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, what or who is his righteousness? It's Jesus. If you read Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We have to seek Jesus above anything else. And that doesn't necessarily mean just prayer. We need to seek him daily through a relationship with him. We need to be vibrant in the word. And also we need to find ways to praise and worship him throughout the day. And that doesn't mean you need to break out in song like it's a musical. But you do have to constantly be talking to him in prayer and just really giving things to him and saying, Hey, Lord, you have to handle the situation. And then once you give him these things, you have to actually let him have those things. If I were to, it's like that episode of Seinfeld. Um, with that, I don't know if y'all watch Seinfeld or not, but I do, and you're gonna find that out with some of the illustrations I have. But it's when um, Jack Clumpus gives Jerry the astronaut pen that writes upside down. That's all his fans think, and he keeps talking about his pen the whole episode. He's talking about he really wants it back. If we give something to the Lord, but we keep taking it back from Him, we haven't really given it to Him. But if we want to see Him work in situations, we have to hand it over to Him and then let Him do the work on it. And so the more that we study, the more we lean on Christ, and the more we trust in him, the more peace we're going to experience in our lives. And when these worries and these anxieties comes up, we know where our strength comes from, and we know who's in control, and that's Jesus. That's what Philippians 4 is talking about. Starting in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And it says the Lord is at hand. And it says to be careful for nothing but all things, not just some things, all things, by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. When we used to do youth ministry, we would just take prayer requests from the kids. We, I have a picture of it somewhere saved in my photo somewhere. We took a picture of one of the, uh, the prayer requests when one of the students asked if he would pray for us that he would kill a deer when he went hunting that day. God does not want us to hold anything back. When we started our school, we had four kids. We moved up to five, then we went back to four. Those four kids, we would take individual prayer requests. We even did it when we had 28 kids. Uh, we would just take individual prayer requests in the morning and pray with the kids at the beginning of the day. One, of the, Two of the things that uh, my daughter, who was one of the kindergartners at the time, she prayed for, she prayed for a, a black chewini. If you don't know what a chewini is, it's a chowini. It's a chihuahua dachshund mix. And then she also prayed for a cat. Well, that was great and all, but I'm allergic to cats. So that wasn't going to work out. At our house now, he's in his cage right now, but we have a black chewini that the Lord just showed us that uh, a 
somebody we knew, uh, rescue dogs. They actually got him in as a rescue. Great dog. And I'm surprised she hasn't come through, but my cat lives in our house with us, and she does not bother me. She cuddles with me all the time. I pet her. I love cats. I've always loved cats. But I, I just had trouble with my allergies. She doesn't bother me at all. I call her the holy cat. She's our holy cat. We had another kid who prayed for a minion. He was, you know, he wanted a minion. He wanted to have a minion. And, you know, we prayed for it. Thinking, you know, minions aren't real, whatever. My dad calls me one night and he says, we got this shipment in of 85 stuffed minions. Do you know anybody that wants one? It's all I went and got one for that kid and I gave it to him. The Lord hears our prayers. We should not be careful with anything but bring everything to him, no matter how small, no matter how silly. And we need to, to trust him in these situations. And so when we start trusting these situations, he's going to see if we're listening. And one of the things I remember when I did uh, as a professional at my old job is we were sitting in a meeting and I'd been praying a lot about you know hearing the Lord's voice. I really wanted to hear his voice. I really wanted to know it was him that was speaking. And I'm sitting in this meeting and all of a sudden I hear this voice in my head that says, you need to silence your cell phone. I've never, I had never silenced. I was like, no one ever calls me. I'm not going to silence it. About two minutes of that meeting, my phone just started blaring, and I had a personalized ringtone. It was the Matlock TV show theme, so it's and it was just blaring through the entire thing. And I just, it was the Lord telling me silence your phone, and I couldn't be obedient with that. But then he gave me instructions later on, and I did hear that. So it's it's a growth process. We have to remain connected to him. We have to have that relationship with Christ so that we know when he's speaking to us and where he's telling us to go. The best thing that we can do for the Lord is to be obedient. You know, I never thought of myself. I never liked school when I was younger. I never liked going to school. I try everything the Lord to get out of it. But I never dreamed that the Lord was going to make me a Christian school principal. I never dreamed I was going to start a school. And I thought it was crazy when he called me to start a school. We started off with four students. This year, I've stepped away. I'm part of the board now. I'm not the principal anymore. But now they're going into the school year with 150 plus students. And this is year six. The Lord takes this stuff and he grows it. It's not because I'm some kind of marketing genius and all this other kind of stuff. It's because all I did was obey him. And he took it and I gave it to him. And he took it and he grew it the way he wanted to grow. And he's going to continue to do that. So the second thing we, we can get from this is we are valuable to God. This, this is verse 26 of Matthew 6. Jesus asked if we're more valuable than the birds and the flowers. Remember, God made mankind in his image. He didn't make flowers and birds in his image, did he? No, he made mankind in his image. We're valuable to God, and he sees us as his workmanship. That's what Ephesians 2.10 says. He, what does that mean? The New Living Translation says it is that we are his masterpiece. We are valuable to to God. He sees us as his masterpiece. And here's the third thing. Worrying doesn't produce anything. That's what he's talking about in verse 27. He says, what good is, he says, uh, who can, by worrying can add a cubit to their stature? So, worry doesn't produce anything. What good does worrying do? Jesus says it doesn't add a cubit to your stature. Worrying doesn't produce anything beneficial. Instead, Philippians 4, 6, this is in the New Living Translation, says, do not worry about anything like we were just talking about. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you, need, what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Instead of worrying, we need to take everything to God in prayer. But here's the other part that we didn't talk about earlier. We need to thank Him for what He's done. And it even goes on in Philippians that says, we need to meditate on those things that are praiseworthy. What are some things that God has answered 
some prayers that God has answered in your life? What are some things that he's done for you? Are you in good health? Have you got a good job? Are you have great co-workers, a great fa healthy family? There's a lot of things that we could just thank the Lord for. And he wants us to have that attitude of thanksgiving. Things I always tell our students, Thanksgiving is not something that happens once a year where you gobble up some turkey. Thanksgiving should be something that happens every single day in our lives. We need to thank him for what he has done for us and how he's provided for us. And we need to make sure that we keep that front and foremost as we go to him in prayer. We need to be thankful and thank God for the things that he does in our lives. So as Christians, we have to learn to lean on God for our daily anxieties and our worries. And if you're an educated teacher, and you're reading this, I know you got parents, I know you got students, I know you got administrators that are tough. You got all sorts of, it's beyond just the classroom. And a lot of you, if you're in a public school, you have at least 30 plus kids, a lot of you. And Christian school, even you, we had, we capped our class at 16, uh, just to keep that ratio lower so we could build relationships with families. And even that is challenging. And so you have to learn to lean on God for everything. If not, worry is going to set in, anxiety is going to set in, grumpiness is going to set in, stress is going to take over, and you're going to be overwhelmed, and that's going to start to dominate you. And then, what's that going to manifest itself like in the classroom? It's going to manifest itself as something that you're not. And as a child of God, as a child of God, you have, a, you have an opportunity to share Christ with your students and with your families. But if you're overwhelmed and you're discouraged and you're stressed, you're going to have trouble with that. And so our jobs aren't easy. And if we don't lean on Jesus, then we won't be able to stand the way he wants us to stand up for him. So that's the ultimate thing. We have to be able to stand for him. It's, and that doesn't mean you have to go around preaching and teaching and that kind of stuff in your classroom if you're not a Christian teacher. It starts by just showing him, showing Jesus through uh, your actions and your words. Well, thank you all for joining today. Uh, we'll be back next time where we'll continue on with our Bible study. Thank you all.